Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. All right, welcome to the podcast. My name is Holly Rustic and I'm your host today of Grant Writing and Funding. And I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding and to advance mission. And I am here today with a special guest, Mr. James Pan. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, thanks for having me on the, uh, on the podcast here. Absolutely. And yeah, so I'm really excited because we actually met through LinkedIn. So just to give you uh, listeners and viewers, we're also on YouTube, guys, a little bit of a background is we we connected on LinkedIn and started looking, um, you know, as you do kind of virtual stalking each other. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm really good at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's important to do that, guys. And then we jumped on a a discovery call together. And we're like, yeah, I think that there's a lot of things that we could potentially do together. And when I heard about what you were doing after I read your blog on mindfulness and evaluation, I was like, this is really cool. Like you have a lot to offer um, my listeners because you really are the star in evaluation. And we touch on that, but we don't go into depth. Right. So thank you again for coming on. And yeah, I appreciate that. I'm excited about yeah. today. Well, thanks. Yeah, that's it's great to be on, and I, I love talking about evaluation, and I, I, I like that you you like that article also because that's been an area that I've focusing been focusing a lot on on recently, mm-hmm. and doing some research projects in there and some writing in there. So that's the uh, how how those two things kind of go together: mindfulness and evaluation, or just thinking about like mindfulness and uh, and the world of work in general. But my world of work is in evaluation, so that's. How, how we're kind of thinking about it. So yeah, great. I've, I've been doing more of this like connecting thing through LinkedIn, like using you know direct messaging and that kind of thing. And I think that that's been uh, it's been fun just to con- you know meet new people and just connect that I would never meet otherwise. And yeah. there's always yeah, it's, it's just really neat. Sometimes it's just an interesting conversation, or sometimes it leads to something. Some kind of collaboration yeah. or something I find or to like, a podcast episode yeah here. exactly here we go yeah. Yeah. i find linkedin is for right now in 2020 as we're entering into 2020 here in mm-hmm. the middle in the, in the beginning of it i find linkedin very very good for professionals and for freelancers and for what we're doing instagram i still love with hashtags and connecting but i find linkedin is another level it seems like there's a level of seriousness with people who actually want to yeah, get connected you- you know, the nice thing about LinkedIn is mm-hmm. that you're not going to hear about someone's politics as much. Like, you know, right. you're not going to hear about like all that other stuff that you might see on Facebook, you might see on Instagram. Yeah. Like it's, it's more like, at least right now it is, you know, it's like, it's more kind of defined. And so you're, if you're following, you know, if you're connected with people mm-hmm. in your area or people you're interested in, you're going to learn stuff related to, you know, yeah. that area that you're interested in. So yeah. that's really neat. And, and it's not going to be a lot of, the signal to noise ratio is a lot better, I think. Oh, so much. It, it reminds me At least of- for now. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of Facebook back in the beginning, kind of like uh-huh. it was more of a personal thing on Facebook, but the noise, as far as like you're saying, that chatter just wasn't there. There was like, you could easily see, oh, I see so everyone's who I, who I'm friends with is posting. Like I'm seeing this and I feel like LinkedIn, I see a lot more of the people I follow, like what they're doing. And, and, and it's more relevant, like you said, to what I'm interested in. So it really is cool. So we'll ride this train. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until we have to get on another train. Uh, we'll yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. So let me go ahead and read your bio. So all these listeners out here that are amazing can see what's in store for them today. Now that we did a little 
little chat on LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> so James Pan, you are, you have your PhD, which is cool. So I should be calling you doctor. <laughs> so there you go. You're our principal consultant at eval network and you received your bachelor of business admin and accounting from the university of Texas at Austin. And you had obtained your MS in education and mental health counseling and your PhD in counseling psychology from the university of Miami. And additionally, you have a postdoctoral fellowship in pediatric behavioral medicine at the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences, the University of Miami, Jackson Memorial Medical Center. So you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of education behind you, but you also have a lot of interesting work behind you. And you are also the principal consultant of eVail Network and research and evaluation consulting firm since 2000. eVail Network specializes in working with education, health and human service organizations, and grant-making entities. And that's why we connected. The firm has worked on a wide variety of projects from systems of care and other collaborations to substance abuse, mental health, and after-school programs with organizations of all sizes. Evel Network has worked as an evaluator or research partner on local and national projects funded by foundations and government agencies. All right, and you're also, just to throw in there, you're also an associate professor at the Abraham S. Fischler College of Education, where you focus on teaching program evaluation and conducting research and evaluation projects. So this is really cool because it ties together your, your education, not just your education, which I think is really cool that you actually have a, your, ba your bachelor's is in business admin, right? So you have this business entrepreneurial kind of mind, but then you also have the research component in depth and you understand the evaluation and the different programs. So then you're able, your, your company then is able to really be able to help a lot of nonprofits that don't have that expertise and they need to. Government grants, especially like, man, you need to have evaluation. Sometimes you have to have a certain percentage of your grant dedicated to an evaluation consultant. And that's really where you that's come right. in. Yeah. Yeah. You so see that a lot of times. Yeah. 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 So thanks yeah. for coming on the show because this, like, I know all you listeners now, you're excited, right? <laughs> because this <laughs> is interesting and it's really good. We don't go into, like I said before, we don't go into a lot of depth with this at this level. So I'm really excited that I can bring you on the show as an expert and you can show, you know, you can share your expertise with all of us in, in this realm and how to get written into grants. Like that's really cool. So anyways, can you just give us, I mean, I know you read your bio, but can you give me like, why did you, why are you interested in this? What got you into this? Yeah, my first, you know, I, I when I went into psychology, I thought I was gonna be a therapist mm -hmm. and I, and I still, you know, will, I, I worked as a therapist for a while, but for my dissertation, I did an evaluation of a, an outward bound program, a okay. program out of North Carolina and New York City, a, a for at risk uh, youth. And I didn't know it was an evaluation. I, you know, I was kind of handling it as like a, a, an outcome evaluation, an outcome uh, study. But I, as I was working through it, I realized that this was really an evaluation. And I started, and I didn't get any background or any education in my program about what program evaluation was. No one knew what it was. No one talked about it in my program. And so slowly, like I started to, you know, get these kind of projects, do these kind of things, and even start to identify more as an evaluator. Joined AEA, American Evaluation Association. And that's kind of my affinity. That's what I like doing. It's really cool to work with organizations to help them to, you know, like figure out like, are their programs working and how to make their programs better. That's like, that's our goal. Like, what does an evaluator do? We try to figure out, you know, how to make a program better and actually make it better. So if the program gets better or the mm -hmm. situation gets better, sometimes that means like 
cutting off the program or like cutting off funding or not continuing it. But if things get better because of your work at a systems level, then that's pretty cool. And um, I like that, uh, that more than sort of working one-on-one with people. Although I, I do kind of think that I, I'll, I'll do more of that uh, as years go by. So we'll see. But as far as uh, the counseling, that was my, yeah, it's hard to yeah. know what the, what the future will bring, but yeah. That's so cool. So that's, that's kind of the, the short of it. Yeah, that's how I, I love into. that. I love that, like, you're, were, were you at the end of your PhD or were you still, like, in the middle of it when you realized, oh. No, it's the dissertation like- uh, side of it, yeah. And then, and then I finished my dissertation, finished the, mm-hmm. my, my degree, and then I started to, to continue to work with Outward Bound and I started to work with organ- other organizations. And the whole evaluation movement as well, evaluation started to become more important uh, yeah. from, uh, from a federal perspective. You saw more of an emphasis on that foundations, people start to pay more attention to evaluation, what evaluation could be. So there are more opportunities and more of a push for that. And also the professionalization of evaluation, evaluation becoming uh, a discipline Mm -hmm. really over the last, you know, especially it's grown, especially over the last 20 years, but uh, well before that, obviously tons of work over the last 50 years and so so forth. But really the last 20 years, we've seen membership increase and a lot more, a lot more activity within evaluation program evaluation. So evaluation is also, and program evaluation are used kind of interchangeably in the international space, development space, monitoring and evaluation, people call it M and E. Yeah. You know, M and E. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also uh, uh, what people refer to it as. But evaluation is basically determining, you know, this guy, uh, uh, Mike, Michael uh, Scriven, who is uh, uh, still in, in, he's in California, still teaching. Uh, he is one of the sort of grandfathers of evaluation, described it as determining the merit worth uh, or significance, uh, merit worth and significance of a program, uh, a let's say a project, a, an initiative. And so once you determine that, then you can make decisions about what you should do with the program. Like, does it need to be improved? Does it need to be discontinued? Does it need to be replicated? All these kind of things. But that's one, I think, like a helpful definition of like what evaluation is some ideas around yeah no i mean it's definitely helpful and and you're saying even over the last 20 years i've seen it grow um especially in federal grants probably just over the last five years even i'm seeing more budgets catered towards program evaluation like i'm saying some of them require up to 15 or 20 percent of your grant actually you know so it's really interesting just to see that growth and that that interest and like you said because a lot of times it's not a fact of how well is your program doing it's also a fact of should you continue doing what you're doing? You yeah. Know? And yeah it's, a, it, it's super important because, you know, also the, the grants are scored, obviously there's different areas that we, we all know about, but a, evaluation or a, re, a research plan or evaluation plan can be as much as, you know, 20%, yeah. uh, even more than that. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, on health and human service grants, very common to see, you know, 15, 20% of the grant uh, score, right. Being calculated yeah. from the evaluation section. So that section has to, your proposal has to be really well written to, yeah. you know, if you, if you don't do well on that and you do great on the other sections, that's, that's, you know, you're still not going to, not going to, yeah, you're not yeah. going to, you're not going to get funded, especially if everyone else is doing it. So having someone to help out with that or getting some expertise in the evaluation part, so you can write that section effectively, super important. Right. Right. And yeah. it's like, it's not, I mean, I would think now that you have your hat on to know how to do this, right? So for me, it comes down to, is it logical? Does it make sense and how you're evaluating things? But there's still certain systems that funders like to see set in place. And a lot of nonprofits just might not know what that is, right? So I think that's really valuable too, as far as an outsider coming in that specializes in research and saying, 
well, that's great that you're keeping roster sheets or whatnot, but how are you actually, what, how are you evaluating them as the outcome of yeah. how that's yeah. the project, right? There, yeah, there's, there's uh, specific evaluation models or approaches like for how you do this, right? So right. to kind of pull it all together. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of, of, of models that you could use. You might find one that's especially helpful for you. Mm-hmm. I have some suggestions and we can put them in the, in the show notes, especially for That'd someone who's maybe not an evaluator, but kind of like a starting place. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll probably get to it at some point. But one, there, there's many, and there's many that I, that I use. But I, I, I think when I teach evaluation, the, the, cont- the SIP model, Dan Stuffelbean's model, context input process product model, it's a nice place to start in terms of understanding and a basic layout of what evaluation is, what it could be, and some, and some great resources around that. But there's other great phenomenal like models as well on the evaluation tree. When you think about a whole range of different types of models, there are a ton out there. So you, you want to stand on those shoulders you know, of those giants, right? Mm-hmm. And when you write an evaluation section, you can incorporate specific you know, models. It's like, how are we going to do the evaluation? Rather than speaking about it in a more like a, a disjointed way, you can use right. a model to kind of bring it all together uh, in a meaningful way. And that will resonate, I think, with a lot of people. Right. And so, yeah, so having like doing, having a, uh, that understanding or familiarity with uh, evaluation will, will, will be helpful for you. So actually Absolutely. being familiar with that. Yeah. And what do you see some of the biggest challenges that nonprofits have with either writing this section without the knowledge or the background of somebody that's, you know, knows research and evaluation as far as like, what are, you know, maybe some just down yeah, Not knowing kind of the, like how to kind of organize the whole process, you know, okay. and think about, you know, what the different, the typical like steps might be in doing an evaluation or thinking about the whole evaluative uh, process, sort of mm-hmm. how to, you know, lay out what uh, evaluative how evaluative thinking will be incorporated into the uh, into the, the projects, different steps that you might take, that you might lay out, um, and how to kind of relate things together. So a lot of times there's that. Also, just kind of not really writing the evaluation section in a, in a helpful way so that when a lot of times we'll see this when you get funded, then let's say the evaluation section wasn't so good, the other sections were phenomenal, and maybe somehow you got funded, right? Yeah. And then now you have to do... The, the grant, you have to execute on it and you have this evaluation section, which is just uh, not, you know, not so well formulated. Right. And so then you're kind of stuck with that or you have to go ahead and go through the process to, to change it or find someone who can implement it and, and make, make the changes. So that's, those are some of the, uh, some of the challenges that, that, that you see. Um, right. with, with organizations. Yeah. No, I, I could see that, you know, and I, I see that a lot too. Evaluation sections are very weak just because a lot of times they don't really understand what it even means. So they just yeah. kind of throw something together, like maybe it's more of data tracking rather than evaluation. So can you kind of talk missing, about- Let me add in also missing out on like opportunities for different like data sources as well, right? Mm-hmm. So there might be different uh, sources of, of, of data that could help inform the evaluation from a what, what's called like a formative perspective or a summative perspective, right? So the formative perspective would be like eva- formative evaluation, summative evaluation, two way, you know, one way of kind of thinking about uh, evaluation. Uh, for, uh, formative has to do with the evaluate, evaluation uh, work that you would do in order to help develop the program, to continue to advance the program, provide feedback to the program as it's running, right? So it's sort of like, you know, as it's forming, right? As it's, as it's happening. Summative evaluation would be more like, you know, okay, this is the end of the year. How did we do? You know, or the end of the project, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, and they can overlap definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, being informed by uh, the, the differences in the types of data that you might collect—survey data, focus groups, 
data that's already collected by the projects, you know, like uh, from, uh, let, let's say it's a mental health program and we're, what we're interested in, in looking at how the program is being implemented, you might have some f fantastic data that's already being uh, collected within the electronic medical record that can be de-identified and that can be uh, pulled out and be, be used you know, for referrals and tracking referrals, tracking, tracking uh, all sorts of like outcomes, depression outcomes, these kind of things that are already collected. So really kind of putting things to together in a, in, a, in, a, in a way like this. We see that. And then a lot, last thing real quick is use of evaluation as well. So a lot of times people will neglect that and not think about that, how important that is. So if you're doing all of this, you're doing the analysis, providing the feedback, how can you do it in a way that it engages stakeholders that stakeholders are like the people that work on the project, like people have a stake in the project, right? How can you engage them in the best possible way so that they actually listen and they're interested, mm -hmm. right? Listen, they're interested in what the findings are so that they use it to make changes. So they use it to inform what they're doing. And that is a huge challenge. And there's, yes. there's a fair amount of work, Michael Quinn Patton and others have, have done a fair amount of work on use, evaluation use, and improving that and improving utility of evaluation. So these are, these are just a few examples of things that you might miss if you're, let's say, a content area expert, but you're not an evaluation expert. And so we'll see that a lot of times. People be brought into projects as evaluators, but they're really not evaluators. They're more content area experts. That's great, but they don't understand sort of the other pieces that can really make it a more doable, workable, comprehensive evaluation. Right. And I love what you're saying about leveraging data that already exists because that's, you don't need to recreate the wheel all the time, but if it's not being evaluated, right? So you have this data, like you said, it might already be entered into another system. A lot of nonprofits, they use the HMIS system. They use different kinds of systems. So not just utilizing it, but then how are you actually, you know, reviewing it, evaluating it, seeing how, if it's working, if your trends, what kind of trends are happening, right? So yeah. that's really good just to leverage what's already out there. And then just real quick, because some people might still, I know evaluation is still like this big word, like it's as far as it's uh, not, it's kind of abstract in a way, right? So yeah, if people sure. are thinking maybe evaluation, research, they're hearing both of these words, how would you differentiate between the two? Yeah. So research and evaluation, you can think about like a, like a Venn diagram, like these two like overlapping circles, but they're yeah. not perfectly overlapping, right? There's definitely a, a difference. And mm -hmm. I would say, you know, research is primarily interested, you know, when you think about medical research or research in the social sciences, it has to do with the focus is like on generalizing a certain knowledge, uh, you know, uh, building on this, the scholarly work that's been done so far around a particular phenomena to understand it better. Right. And it, very important, right? Mm -hmm. Evaluation is all focused on a particular program, right? And so you take all of that and you focus it on a program, some kind of effort, right? And really, like I said before, how to make that program better, right? How to improve things around that initiative, that project, that, that concerted effort to make some kind of social change. It could be around uh, social change, medical, educational, it could be uh, infrastructure, uh, environment, you know, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But uh, so they so they differ. They differ in that sense. We use an evaluation, a lot of the research methods. Right. Mm -hmm. So like in qualitative research, of different ways of uh, different qualitative approaches, mixed method approaches, different. Uh, you might have like in quantitative research, different types of uh, experimental, quasi experimental designs. We use all that kind of stuff. We use stuff like logic models, mm -hmm. which has its roots kind of in, in engineering. We have a re return on investment. Uh, type of analysis is more economics. So we, we're, you know, we, we borrow and steal from other uh, areas. Definitely there's this overlap, but they're different. The really, if you have to summarize it, like the focus with an evaluation, everything you're seeing it from the perspective of the program, 
you know, mm -hmm. and that's, and that's different than, than, than uh, research in general. So, okay. but people use those terms interchangeably and it can be quite confusing. I didn't understand the difference for, for a while. And finally, uh, someone explained it to me, I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah. Cause, and, or they're thrown together, oh, research and evaluation, you know, yeah. they yeah, it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, sure. well, what exactly does that mean? And specifically yeah. for, you know, nonprofits who are like, well, my expertise is actually in, you know, serving the homeless or doing the thing. You know, so when they have to write the grant to be like, okay, now I've got to talk about how I'm going to evaluate this program. Well, you know, they're just kind of looking at numbers coming in the door and getting fed or whatnot. You know what I mean? So, and then keeping the lights on. So, you know, it is something, you know, interesting to be like, okay, we've got to put this other hat on that the federal government wears and we have to wear that one too while we're writing this program. But right. it's not just- Is there a change in self-sufficiency? Is there a change in, you know, mm -hmm. actual behaviors, attitudes? Is there a change, other types of changes beyond- what are the typical like outputs, like the numbers of people coming through, right. uh, number of, of sessions, number of services, which is important, but it's not sufficient. So, yeah. Right. And do you use logic models a lot in your evaluation? Setting? Yeah, I think a lot of, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I think when people hear evalu evaluation, a lot of times the other, the, the, the first thing people think usually is like outcome evaluation. They don't think about the other types of evaluation uh, that mm -hmm. there are terms of the valuation focus. But the other thing is a lot of times people think of logic models, you know, because yeah. it's very common, right? And they're oftentimes required in federal grants, health yeah. and human service grants and others. Uh, you'll, you'll see logic models that are, are required. You have to mm -hmm. submit one. And so, yeah, we use those a fair amount as well. So logic mm -hmm. models, a one page visual description of like the essential parts of a program, what the resources are, the activities that the program is going to do, what you're going to see immediately when you do those activities, the number of people served, the, the, uh, number of sessions, that kind of thing. And then the outcomes, the impact, the so what of the program, right? right. So yeah, that's, that's a logic model. And creating that, it can be a great way for grant writers to really you know, brainstorm around what a program should be. What, what, are these, what should this program look like with the different folks that they're working with at the program level? Or even with funders, right? What should the actual program be? So that's a great tool for that. It's also a great tool then not just for brainstorming and program design, but also for, for evaluation as well. Because once you have it all laid out, then you can figure out, okay, these are the outcomes. How are we going to measure all of these, right? Right. And then, you know, and then just making sure that the outcomes make sense given the activities and that the activities make sense given the outcomes, right? So all of these things, we have ample resources. So it's kind of a, a nice systems way of doing it. It's not perfect. It's, it's definitely, it can have its, uh, its, its drawbacks as well, just like anything, but it's yeah. a great tool that, grant writers, I think, should get familiar with. And, right. I, and I, I've done a, a, a ton of different webinars and I, I teach all my students about it. Yeah. Logic models, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a part, part of every course in evaluation, pretty much, I would say, across the, across the country, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right, so then just coming from maybe somebody who's really new to this and saying, okay, is there a specific, I see like a million different templates for logic models out there. Yeah. And is there a better way to write it? Or as long as you have all of the information that you just described, as long as it's there, because like you said, it is a visual. So there's little arrows sometimes and there's different things. You know what I mean? Like how, is there a better way to do it? Yeah. What's that kind of, yeah. You know, there's some great free resources. A lot of people refer to the Kellogg Foundation. They have this logic model document, which is, uh, which is basically, it's basically a book. That's uh, free. You can download, and uh, so we could put that in the show notes as yeah, well. Absolutely. And I get my yeah, students to do that. And um, I have a template also that I, I've shared with people off on Lucidchart that I use. Um, that's just a it's just a, a, a graphic sort of a, a visual uh, 
program, lucidchart.com. I have a, a template that I've shared with my students there. You can use that to, to develop one, but you really have to understand how to do it and the how to do it and the, the rationale behind it. And well, you know, the, the Kellogg Foundation is a good, good place to start their, their logic model uh, document. Fantastic. And there's some other great resources as well. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's a great resource. And I have a video. I think I have a video on, the, on YouTube as well. I'm, I'm going over it. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, so we'll share that. So uh, we'll definitely get that to you folks out there if you want to learn more about that logic model approach as well. And just going back then um, to evaluation, like what are the steps to actually conduct an evaluation? So someone's like, okay, yeah, how did you sure. do Got to do it. What are the steps? So, you know, you think about it, uh, you know, what is, uh, you know, there's many different models. There's like, kind of different ways of thinking about those steps and you could, Think about maybe some, uh, I'll explain sort of a, maybe, maybe a more generic approach that a lot of times different evaluation models will, will call different things, but I think it kind of comes down to this. And it, I'll explain it from a program design perspective, program design and evaluation perspective, because I think a lot of times grant writers are interested in that because mm -hmm. you have to design a program as part of a grant a lot of times, right? Not always, right. but right. So you think about, think about it like that. So first step is really to focus on the topic or the, the problem that, that needs to be addressed, thinking about learning about that area. So doing literature search, literature review, really understanding it, and then doing some sort of, of needs assessment, or at least designing a needs assessment that would get a sense of, of what, you know, what, what are the issues, what are the challenges of the population that you're serving, right? So if you're working, let's say, with an agency that uh, serves kids with, with Down syndrome, right, and you're interested in getting that a program funded to help them specifically to address the problem of, of like poor nutrition, poor physical act activity, high obesity in that population, right? So you'd want to learn more about that, like what leads to that? What, what is it a problem in the population? Really get a sense in your center and your organization, wherever you're, whoever you're writing the grant for, is that an actual problem? So not just nationally and so forth, but uh, really getting an understanding of like what's happening like in your, uh, in your organization, let's say for that example. All right. So, and then figuring out, okay, then what would a program look like? What should it look like in order to ameliorate that problem? Right. So what kind of exercise program, nutrition program would work with this population. What has some evidence to it? Maybe what should be modified? What should be changed? Maybe there's a lot of staff training that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's a residential uh, setting, maybe a caregiver training, right? So what would that program look like? So figuring that, then designing the actual evaluation piece, mm -hmm. the data collection piece around process and outcome evaluation. So designing that, so figuring out, okay, what kind of data sources would we gather? Would we do surveys with staff, would we go and do observations, right, mm -hmm. of the, the clients that are there? Would we do focus groups or maybe interviews with some key informants? Would we look to see how the, like if there's an intervention that's being done, right, you mm -hmm. would design, lay out, like how would you actually figure out, is that intervention being done as it should be done, mm -hmm. right? And is it having its, you know, is it having its, its, its effect? So then you, you design that, you collect the data, and it's not just you know, sequential, there's a, there's a lot of sort of, it's, non, it's not always super linear, right? Mm -hmm. Might yeah. be a lot of iterations, but generally speaking, you collect the data, you analyze the data, right? Mm -hmm. You make some sense, do some interpretation uh, of, of what the data is, is saying, and then present it uh, in an engaging way to the people who are gonna use the evaluation, 
That's the key part. That's what we mentioned before. You have to engage in. If you don't engage in, then everything you've done is is a waste of time, right? right? And then you're just going through the evaluation for the requirement of the federal, of the you know, the federal government or foundation or something like this. So you have to really engage them, engage the stack, stakeholders in a way. And then there's a loop. Like then you make changes based on what you find from the evaluation, right? Mm -hmm. So if you find you know that the program that that the kids really they're eating much better, but they're not moving around. Uh, any more, they're not getting more moderate and vi vigorous physical activity in that program you develop. You figure out, okay, what are the tweaks that we need to need to make around the physical activity exercises and what's being done there. So, and then you collect more data, see if those those tweaks, those changes are working. And that's that's sort of like a generic evaluation uh, kind of process, if you will. Right. Yeah. No, I love that, and I, I love that even from the very beginning. Um, so people come to me and they'll be like, uh, "I want to open this nonprofit to serve X, Y, or Z." Right. And I'll say, "Well, first off, do you know that there's actually a need for that?" Right. So even before like you're talking about like getting into a project, like even certain people who want to open nonprofits, sometimes their their nonprofit isn't necessarily needed because it's already being done. They just didn't know about it. Right. So really what's needed, or there's just a certain gap. It's not the whole gamut, right? Maybe they don't want to maybe it's just that a, you know, they have a diabetes uh, type two for kids, right? Nonprofit already, but they're not doing, they're only doing conferences every year. Maybe they're not doing specific programs for kids, right? So going back to that, as far as like, even for your projects, do you need this? And I love that you're talking about doing that research first, um, which is really important. And that ties back into the research, but then how do you evaluate the research while you're doing it and after you're doing it to kind of look at eval, how that kind of differs. So really, really important. I mean, I love that example as far as what are we doing? There might be certain parts that are working that you find in your evaluation then. Yes, the kids are eating better, like you're saying, but they're not moving, right? So then you can, you can really direct what you need to do. Um, and if you don't have that evaluation piece, you're just like, yeah, we served X num number of people. Yeah. And you have to make sure collecting data will give you the answer to those questions, right? right. So you right. know, like, what does what their MVPA look like? Right. Mm -hmm. What is... Uh, what does their nutrition profile, their behavior look like, right? Mm -hmm. What um, what does the program implementation look like? Is it being done as it should be done? You know, as the frequency, the quality, all those kind of things. So you just yeah. try to get, capture all those pieces and put it together in your analysis mm -hmm. then to provide feedback around changes that should be made. That's the, that's the, the okay. ideal thing. Not easy to do, but laying out, laying, laying out that process is mm -hmm. what you have to do, I think, to get a higher score Yes. On an about and a proposal. Yes. You know, certainly. I mean, just having that, you can hand it over then, you know, to someone coming into the game and they know what to do. And I love that because a lot of grants, if you don't have a well-written um, evaluation process and you get funded, like you're saying, then they're going to be asking for those annual reports or end of year reports, that sort of thing. And if you can't show how you've evaluated the project, how that money's worked, what it's done, right? Then they are going to be like, questionable. They might not fund you again in the future because they're like, well, we just don't see the impact because you're not saying what it is, right? Because you didn't really have that. Work. Or even a different funder. Yeah. Looking, you know, yeah. trying to get, uh, so a lot of people in development are interested <laughs> in evaluation because they can use the the findings when their success is to try to reach other uh, potential funding sources, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could totally use that. This is this is how much our impact was. These are the changes, et cetera. And this is why we need additional funding because now we realize we need more sports for the kids or whatnot, right? So it right. goes back into that whole thing. I mean, it's amazing. So how, okay, so someone's like, okay, I'm listening to this, you guys. I'm loving it. 
but I don't want to write that section <laughs> because I want to make sure I get it right, right? I want to make sure, like, how do people pick an evaluator for one, yeah. just to do the work under their grant or maybe to help them write the section? Can you kind of talk to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think it's similar to how you pick a lot of you know, people just doing kind of any anything. You have to, there has to be like a personality match. That's that's important. I think that's like foundational, right? Yeah. Certainly. But I think also, so you, you have to sort of get along with them. And I think that'll give you an indication is like how they'll be on the grant. Like how will they interact with all the different, all the politics and all the all the stuff that goes along with running running a grant, the challenges that will invariably come up, right? But it's really good to have someone who's not just a content area expert, but also someone who understands evaluation and who has a some sort of professional identity as a, as an evaluator, has the experience, the the training over time, at least the training through projects, but certainly the experience. They've done evaluations, and you can talk to their clients. You can ask them. Uh, to give uh, references and speak with their, the clients, uh, people they've worked with before to get a sense of, of uh, what it's like to work with them. But certainly someone who's, who has a, an evaluation background or experience, I think that's very important. A lot of times we'll see people who are fantastic experts in their particular field, seen this before in substance abuse, you know, mm-hmm. substance abuse treatment grants, you know, they're absolutely f- phenomenal experts, but on the evaluation side, they, they don't see the difference between research and evaluation when it comes to doing the evaluation for the grant and doing everything that's required. Don't really uh, uh, don't, don't do as, as well on, uh, as well at that. So that's what one thing that I would uh, a few things I would suggest there. No, that you know, that's good. I work with Honoré Corder. She's a coach for me with, with books, being an author and everything. And one thing she said that really like kind of resonates with what we're talking about here is when people are asking her, okay, Honoré, how do you pick an editor? How do you pick, you know, someone to do, you know, edit your book and everything? And she's like, do they have that on their business license? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they've got to be an expert. You might think, oh, I, I'm going to pick my my wife or my husband because they're good at writing, but you're not going to get the quality. You're not yeah. going to get that same type of expertise. And I think that's what we're you know really saying here too, is you might pick someone who's right in the field, but if they don't really understand the whole mechanics of it and they're not doing that as a living, then it might hinder you and what you're actually going to pay for, right? You might not get the full results that you really need and, and want. And their resume not be, might not be as strong too, because a lot of times you have to send the resume, right? If they're going to be a subcontractor as an evaluator on your grant. And if they don't yeah. have the background, then it's not, you're not going to get scored as high. Either. Yeah. You speak with them. You just ask them, like, how would you evaluate this project? You know, is what they're saying making sense? Does it also, does it connect with one of the, some of the things we've talked about here, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of like a, a, a model, some kind of model that they, they work from, right? You mm-hmm. know, to inform what they do for the evaluation. But does it make sense? Are they are they hitting a lot of things that are resonating with you, right? Yeah. And if they're doing that, then there's something there. You, you'll, you'll want to definitely talk with them and just ask them what they would do. You know, well, mm-hmm. how would you, you know, you can even walk them through, walk them through some of the issues you're having, some of the problems and hear what they come up with. Yeah. Right? That's, that's helpful too. I love that. I love it. And then it's you uh, for you too. So you have your, your business and everything. And then how do you, as a consultant, you know, are you able to subcontract in certain grants? Like how do you work with nonprofits as far as them affording your services? So you can kind of speak to that and you freelancers out there kind of keep your mind open. Even if you're not in evaluation, think about what your expertise is in relation to grants while James is talking. Well, help organizations like sometimes like write, you know, write the evaluation section. Mm-hmm. do that for for no charge and if they get the evaluation then if they get the project they'll do the evaluation so we'll do that and and i think that's kind of a, a common thing i like um, that mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's right. Kind of, that's one, one, uh, one model, but you know, I think a big part of it also is, so that's how you can kind of write yourself into the grant. And I've seen that with grant writers actually, well, they'll do not just the evaluation piece, but also like the post award piece. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times communities, organizations, maybe they, they've never received a, a grant before or a certain type of grant and they need help kind of getting going with it, especially if federal grants can be challenging yeah. uh, initially. And so you could, as, an, as a grant writer, you, that's a, an area of like expertise that sometimes grant writers get into, though, is that like that post-award, like initial phase, initial part, right? Yeah. Helping to get going with that. So you yeah, can, you can do that. Yeah, I've done that with quite a few nonprofits. So yeah. then yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, and, and they want you to because you know the grant almost better than anyone else because you yeah. have a major part in writing well, it. Oh, you probably do. Yeah, you yeah. probably do. You probably know it just as well as anyone, if not better, because you wrote yeah. it. Exactly. You were very, very much involved with it. Yeah. So um, I think that those are, you know, those are some, some ideas that can be helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that. So yeah. Do you have anything else to add then today before I tell people where to find you? Uh, no, I think we covered a lot, you know, uh, not really sure if there's any other questions. You know, I think uh, it, it's definitely something um, you want to give enough time to when you have an evaluation section for the grant. It's sometimes because it's not like, it's not, you know, more than, usually of the score. Mm -hmm. It's not a huge section most of the time, depending on the, on the proposal of the RFP, Mm -hmm. uh, RFA, it might be more neglected, you know, and put off kind of like in terms of like the priority, but it's like, it's definitely an area that will set you apart if you do really well on it. And, uh, you know, getting a low score on a a section that's 15 or 20% is still will, will ding you a lot. So really spending enough time and, and really like, you know, engaging someone who's an expert in that area, or getting, or getting your own expertise in that area, maybe getting some consulting or something like that to, mm-hmm. so that you can get that section as strong as possible. And then just really match, you know, obviously what, what the, the funder wants, looking at the, at the rubric or anything that you have with respect to the, the scoring criteria related to the evaluation section, really making sure that those match up. And if you don't understand something, there's something that's kind of vague or unclear, really making sure that you address it um, right. because the, the reviewer, so one of the reviewers will notice Yes. Even if you, if you hope that they don't. So yeah. um, those are a couple things. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a question for you then. Another one, just a last little question here as a freelancer then. So with your, um, with your business hat on owning a company, you know, just in general, what are some of the challenges that you've had in owning a company that some people out there that are new to freelancing might face? And you've been in it since 2000, so 20 years now. So happy, uh, anniversary. (laughs) So like, just, you know what I mean? Like some things you wish you would have known if you could go back now to yourself in 2000 to be like, get ready for this or, you know, just to kind of help out. I think um, it's important to work. It's important who you work with. um, And it's important to, to reach out and collaborate with other people and not feel like, you know, a lot of times you work on projects and obviously to, to bring someone else to assist you to collaborate with work in some way, you know, you'll have to pay them, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, sometimes as a, as a consultant, you're reluctant about doing that. You know, you don't want to give away the money that, that you're, you'd be bringing home. But a lot of times that will give you like this, the sum, the net effect is that it actually gives you more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might spend money to get an assistant, someone who can help with data analysis or report writing or something like that. But it'll allow you then to go out and get more uh, projects to, more, to do more, to get it more done in, in a way, you know, and, and uh, really identify the uh, the areas where you provide the most value and mm-hmm. maybe the areas that you know, you know you could the areas maybe that um you know you could pay someone else to do and it's not going to be as as costly so that you can then focus on the stuff that you're doing that you're providing the most value on in the project right 
Mm-hmm. Maybe the maybe you're doing the report writing while somebody else is helping more with the analysis with some of the graphics or something, data visualization, something like that. So really like that collaboration, working with other people, not being afraid to hire uh, other people. And we do, do this at grants. You know, I have a, the, my consulting practice at the university. Also, I work on projects and we, we, we do that as well with each other. We work a lot with each other and, and the collaborations, uh, they're, they're, you know, the, uh, th- there's definitely uh, something that happens, you know, the, mm. um, oh, that's great. Yeah, the, the, uh, you know, when you, when you bring everyone together, you get a lot more uh, out of it, you know? Yeah. So the, uh, yeah, the, 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 you know, the sum of the whole, I'm trying to remember the, 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 the term, the sum of the, the whole is greater, the, the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was listening to something parts, this morning. The systems theory uh, thing. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, whole yeah, systems yeah. theory uh, saying, and it's true. You know, so you, so you work with other people, you're going to actually bring it together. It's going to help the project more uh, in that sense. Yeah. So that's that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I was listening to something this morning. They're saying, you know, people think a lot of times I need to increase, you know, everything by 10%. And they said, but if you 10x everything instead of just 10%, it doesn't take 10 times the amount of energy than if you were just looking at increasing something by 10%. So it's like this interesting kind of, you're still going to get- Yeah, you can go much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The um, uh, Stephen Schwartzman uh, has a a book uh, that he's uh, he's released recently and he's the, so what is he? He's uh, one of the the heads of, it's Blackstone, I think, right? Blackstone. Mm -hmm. So the book, and we could put that in the show notes too, because I'm, I think it's, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I don't remember. But one of the things he said is like when he started out, he went for the biggest projects possible because he felt like the big projects, the little projects, they take about the same amount of work. So you might as well go big. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that kind of stuck with me. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes little projects take a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's I, not a there's not a direct relationship uh, between yeah. the two. So, um, I think we could all learn from that. Right. Absolutely. So going back and I like what you're saying about, you know, sometimes you have to hire out because, you know, we hear that a lot about like stay in your lane or go in your genius work, you know, those types of things, but a lot of it's true. And as far as you, do you have any employees then, or do you work with consultants? Other like, I'd work with, I don't have employees or anything like that. I I, I have a very small, like a modest consulting practice that, and I, and I work on projects that I like to work on. Mm-hmm. Outside of my, you know, and I, I, I do it sort of nights and weekends up, uh, outside of my, my university job or when I'm off. And, uh, but I'll, I'll work, I'll, I'll find other people that, I, that I've worked with before or new people that uh, people I have relationships with going way back uh, to mm-hmm. even graduate school, all the way to people I found on freelancer. Okay, um, so you use freelancer. Uh, so the whole, yeah, the whole, the whole yeah. range. Nice. It's a great place to, to, to find people, actually. I, I found it. I found it to be Upwork or Freelancer. Yeah, Upwork is fantastic. I think, it's, I think it might be the same now. I'm not sure, but the uh, yeah, but uh, those are places where you can you can find people to work with um, to help support whatever you, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, I think being uh, I think you know we said like talk to myself 20 years ago. I think like that kind of mentality um, would have been even more like helpful. Yeah. 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 So don't be afraid to hire out. Yeah. Collaborate with other people don't dispute, I got to do it all, right? Because we get, then you're in the business, you're working in it, in it, in it, and not working on it necessarily. You kind of get- Yeah. Hey, don't be afraid that you're going to be giving away something or that you're yeah. going to, you know, that's like a, you know, that there's like a zero sum game, you yeah. know, it's not, you know, zero sum game. It's not, that's not the case. Um, right. There's, you know, and so, you know, sharing like what you know and working with others 
in the end, it's going to work to your favor. There might be some bumps or some places where that will, you know, someone will, you know, maybe compete with you in some way or something like that. But overall, it's going to work to your favor. Yeah, yeah. I found that too. In the long game, it will help. How do we yeah. work together? I think so. Yeah. Other people who are writing grant writing books as well, like we're totally working together. Yeah. We're like, okay, well, how can we collaborate? How can we share each other? Yeah, you think that, well, that would be crazy, but no, because no. it, it brings you more, right? It brings you more yeah. value and you learn from them. And and it's also nice to have, it's also nice to interact with people. Sometimes. Yeah. So when you work as a consultant, mm-hmm. when you're like a, did, you know, like I'm, I'm not a digital nomad, but I'm, I think probably a lot of people in this space are like, you know, might be working for, you know, all over the place, you know, yeah. yep. it really you could work from, you know, the moon almost. Mm-hmm. Not quite yet, but pretty soon. And uh, it can be kind of isolating. So yeah. be talking with others, connecting with others who do what you do is um, can be great. And also can help you to, you could collaborate on large projects that maybe you couldn't yeah. do otherwise, right? Absolutely. Maybe they're really busy and they're going to refer you someone, you refer them someone. So you never know. I see that all the time with other, other people. So. Mm-hmm. Love it. So yeah, so speaking of that, um, giving things away and working with people, if you guys want to get more information on evaluations, James has given us some really good stuff. He has a newsletter available that he get, he um, sends out about once a month. And he also has some great blogs. And like I had mentioned in the beginning, one on mindfulness um, and evaluation was really interesting. And you have different webinars. So if you go to jamespan.com, and that's J-A-M-E-S-P-A-N-N, so a double N there, dot you can definitely check that out. I'll also have the links in the show notes. So jump over to grantwritingoffunding.com forward slash 112 and you can get that information. But definitely once again, jamespan.com also on LinkedIn and his, his, uh, so yeah, just go there, but I'll also give you his uh, direct eval network.com as well. But if you check out James Pan, you're going to be able to see a lot of the blogs, um, different uh, items that he has available at no cost that you can start looking over for. And you can sign up for the newsletter too. And if you have any questions, just email me if you have any questions. I'd be very happy to, to delighted to, to. Uh, Excellent. And what's your email just real quick? If people want to just jot it down. Oh, uh, you can just do it's e- The easiest thing would just be James Pan at gmail.com. Perfect. Perfect. And once again, that's P-A-N-N. So two, two ends. Yeah. Two ends. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate this. I've learned a lot about evaluation. I'm sure other people have as well. And it's just nice to have this conversation because um, we don't talk about this a lot. It's like, you know, it's just got to get the grant done. But really, what is the major outcome? What are What is the real impact in the communities that you guys are serving? So yeah, so excellent. Thank you so much again for coming on. Super great to connect with you. Good talk with you again. Yeah. yeah All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind the scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this grant writing and funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com.